So this morning, we are in the book of Acts, chapter 9, verse 10 to 15. I want to read the scripture first, and then we'll pray, and we'll get into what we are going to speak about this morning. Amen? The word of God is read in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. And it says here, Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him, the Lord, in a vision... Ananias, he said, here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, arise and go to the street called straight. Some of us, God is going to set us straight. <laughs> Amen. We on a crooked street. God wants to get us on straight street. <laughs> and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying, and in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from, from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has the authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. And verse 15 is what I want to focus on in the duration of this message. It says here, But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel. Somebody say, He is a chosen, he is a chosen vessel. vessel. Say, I am, I am a chosen vessel. Those that are watching, put in the chat, I am a chosen vessel. Amen? A chosen vessel of mine to what? To bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. Father, in the name of Jesus, we love you. We thank you for giving us the opportunity, God, to come together and hear your word and worship together your name, Lord God. I ask you, Master, that as we dig into your word, that you would speak to us, that you would minister to us, that you would stir a fire within our, uh, our soul, that you would stir a fire under our feet, Lord God, that you would move our faith, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, those that are here, those that are watching, Lord God, there is no distance in prayer. There is nothing that you cannot do, Lord God. I pray that you would minister to those that are watching through the online services, Lord God. Father, have your way. That your name be glorified here this morning. That your name be lifted on high. Lord, remove me. Take me out of the picture. Use me as your mouthpiece to convey your word with clarity, simplicity, but under the authority of your Holy Spirit. That I may not add nor take from your word. Father, be glorified in all that we do here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now let me take my other set of eyes off. Hallelujah. Amen. So this morning, I titled this message, Marked for Purpose. Okay? I titled it Marked for Purpose. Those that are taking notes, Marked for Purpose. Amen? Now for those that don't know this story. Some of you are very familiar with the story of Saul, but there may be others that are not familiar, familiar with the story of Saul. Those that are maybe watching and maybe friends watching, 
and tuning in that you may have been invited to watch the service online. Oh, he's telling me, look over there. Amen. That you may not know this story. So let me give you a quick rundown, real quick, a two, two ten-second rundown of what this is talking about. This is talking about a man named Saul of Tarsus, who was a Pharisee of Pharisee. He was a Sadducee of Sadducees. He was one that was a zealous, the Bible says, for the Jewish law. Amen? And there was a movement going on here with the disciples. There was a movement called the people of the way. Later on, you'll read about that. They were evangelizing. They were spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. What was the gospel of Jesus Christ? The gospel of Jesus Christ was that Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus baptized, and Jesus will return for his church. Amen? The gospel of love, the gospel of a God that incarnated himself as man, came down onto this earth, dwelt among men, humbled himself from glory, gave himself over. They didn't take his life. Nobody took it from him. He said, I willingly lay it down. What for? For the sake of having, of restoring the humanity's relationship back with you and I. And how did he do that? He did it on the cross. He bled, he bled on the cross cross of Calvary. He took the sins of man in this world upon his shoulders and hanging on the cross. He put the crown of thorns on. They pierced him in his side. They pulled his beard out. Those that don't know the story and the gospel of Jesus, this is what he did for you and I. And even for those that say they're Christians, because there's one thing to say you're a Christian and there's another thing to live as a Christian. Amen. The gospel of Jesus Christ, of an almighty God that came down for you and I. Saul was persecuting them. He had a letter. He had authority to go and persecute the Christians, to go and hunt them down, to go and throw them in jail. Some of them were killed because of their faith. Amen. Some of them were killed before, because of their faith in the gospel of Jesus. Amen? I just finished reading, uh, hearing a testimony of two um, Iranian women that converted to Christianity. Amen? There's this book on them called Captured in Iran. Man, I, it, came, it brought me to tears because these two women come from the background of being of Islam. They converted to Christianity. They were thrown in jail. And in jail, their story, they had to cover themselves with, with, with blankets that smelled of feces and urine. And they were tortured in there for the sake of the gospel. Marked for purpose. Amen? And so Saul is here hunting Christians. Amen? Then all of a sudden, as you read the story, the Bible says that Saul was on the road to Damascus. And on the road to Damascus, he, he came and in an encounter. He had a clash, right? He had a one-on-one -on -one match. <laughs> Woo! A one-on-one -on -one match that no way he was going to win. And he came and he had an encounter with the living God, the living Jesus, that he was so powerful, it knocked him off whatever animal he was riding on. Bible don't say if it was a horse. Bible don't say if it was a camel. Bible, Bible don't say if it was a donkey. 
It just says that he he was knocked down with this bright light. And he heard a voice from that light and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He thought he was persecuting Christians. He didn't know he was persecuting Jesus. Right? And so Saul says, well, here am I. And he got struck with blindness. And so he goes on and he's in this house. And here is where we pick up the story of Ananias because Saul is waiting at this house. And he has a vision at this house of a man coming and laying hands on him so that he can receive his sight back. And the story says here that the Lord spoke to Ananias and said, go to this house. And the house is on a street called Straight. (laughs) Amen? Are some of us blind and waiting on a street called Straight? And Ananias goes, but before he goes, he tells the Lord, well, wait a minute, hold on, time out. Let's take a pause, let's take a minute. Hold on, this don't sound right. This don't sound right. Have you ever told the Lord, hey, wait a minute, pause, hold on, take a minute. This don't sound right. No one ever said that to the Lord? When the Lord told you to go do something or let go of something? I'll leave that with a no. That's another message for another time. We're talking about marked for purpose. Amen? And so Ananias begins to have this dialogue, right, with, with, with the master, with, with Jesus. And he tells him, well, wait a minute. Are you sure that you want me to go to this house and pray for this man called Saul? I heard. I've heard that this is the man that is going around persecuting us. Are you sure? <laughs> you want me to go over there? And lay hands on him. And the Lord told Ananias, yes. Go and lay hands on him. He is a chosen vessel. Marked for purpose. He is a chosen vessel that I will use. So to bear my name amongst kings and Gentiles. Amen? So this is where we pick up the story now. This is where we get into the, sto- the message here. Because now that I laid that down for you, you will understand where Ananias is coming from. You understand where Saul is coming from. Saul was not too good of a person. Had an encounter with Christ. Now he's blind. Now he's waiting for someone to come pray for him. And Ananias is struggling with God's command for him to go and pray for this man. And God is telling him, but no, go, because he's marked for purpose. And God tells you and I this morning, God tells Lighthouse Family Center, God is telling those that are watching online, you are marked for purpose. You are marked for purpose. And it's interesting because he says here that he is a chosen vessel. Now, I titled this Mark for Purpose, right? Now, a mark, right? I have marks on my body, right? They're called tattoos. Many of us here have them, right? But there are many different types of marks, right? 
Some of these marks, or, and there's different types of vessels. Some of these marks, some of these vessels, right, they all have a unique and distinctive use. They all have a mark and distinctive beauty. Right? Or these marks or these vessels can be images or reminders of hurt, of pain, of loss, of failure. Amen? But I want to argue the fact with you this morning that regardless of what the mark is, regardless of what the vessel is, God it wants to use it for purpose. Because God don't let anything go to waste. God doesn't let anything go to waste. That means he takes his hurt. He takes your hurt, turns it around for the good. He takes our pain, turns it around for the good. He takes our loss, turns it around for the good. He takes our victories, our triumphs, our lows, our ups, our downs, and he uses it for his purpose. Amen? So God don't let anything go to waste. You just don't go through anything just to go through it. There's a purpose behind it. Whether it hurts, whether it's, it's painful, whether it's joyful, whether it's, you know, whatever the case may be, it's for a purpose. Now, the definition of the word mark means this. It's something that is strikingly noticeable. Hmm. It represents a change or a difference. How many are remind, uh, remarkably or distinctively marked? It's a good question to ask ourselves. Are we strikingly noticeable? Are we strikingly different from those that are watching and looking at us? Hmm. Is LFC strikingly noticeable? Are the members of LFC strikingly noticeable? Are the leadership of the church strikingly noticeable? Are the young people of the church strikingly noticeable? Are the members of the church strikingly noticeable? Are the men, the women, the worship team, the ushers, the children's men, are they strikingly noticeable? Is there a different change? Is, it, is there a difference? Or do people just see division? Or just people just to see things that don't want to uh, mix together or function together. A mark is something that is strikingly noticeable. Okay, we got the mark out the way. Now what is a, now here's a different one. What's a landmark? Amen? A landmark, as described in the dictionary, is a building or a place that is outstanding. Right? It is of historical importance. Right? Everybody here uses landmarks when they travel. Right? Everybody uses landmarks. That's how you remember how to get to places. Right? That's notorious in Puerto Rico. Vince, don't get lost over there. Because in Puerto Rico, that's how they give you directions. There ain't no street names. <laughs> 
Listen, you go down the road. When you get to the second banana tree, you make a left, <laughs> right? Once you make a left, you're going to see a little, uh, a, a little store on the corner. You make that uh, uh, a right. Once you go down and make that right, there's like a horse on a pole over there. If you pass the horse, you went too far. They're landmarks, right? When you go to New York or when you go to Boston, wherever you go, you look for those specific landmarks so that you can know the direction you're going. Right? The word mark in, the, in, the, in its context of a verb means to declare. Woo. It means to declare. Right? Now, we know what a mark is. We know what a landmark is. What's a vessel? A vessel is a hollow or concave utensil as a cup or a bowl, a pitcher, a vase, and it's used for holding liquids or it's used for holding other contents of importance. Or it's used for holding contents of something important. What are you carrying? What are we carrying that's of, of, of importance? Hmm. Amen? Marked for purpose. Now, I want to go into some few things here. In Jewish customs, I don't know if anybody here knows a little bit about the Jewish tradition. In Jewish customs, they use vessels a lot. They have different vessels. And they're used for many different things. Let me give you a few examples. Number one, there's a vessel called the holy vessel. The holy vessel, if you read with me, let's look at the book of Leviticus. Let's look at the book of Leviticus. Chapter 20, right? Verse 26. It says here, and you shall be holy to me, for I, the Lord, am holy. And he have separated from you, from you, um, separated you from the peoples that you should be mine. So what is that telling me? That God is separating some folks here. Mm. God is separating some folks. God wants to separate a church. <laughs> God wants to separate a church. For a special purpose. Let me tell you something. Lighthouse Family Center is a landmark in this area. God bless all three of you. God bless the four that, that said amen in the chat. Lighthouse Family Ch uh, Center is a landmark in this community. It's been here for years. Been here for years. It's a holy vessel separated unto God. It's a place that's marked for purpose. And if you don't know that many people use this church as a landmark. Where you live at? I am live over there on, high, on Fronton, Ontario. Well, we're from, it's right there. There's a church right there in the corner. And everybody that comes around here looks for the church. Oh, they go to the church. So he lives somewhere. They live somewhere around here. It's a landmark. It's a beacon. It's a light. Hmm. Marked for purpose. 
The second vessel is called the mercy vessel that they used. Now, this vessel was used by the people of Israel. It was put alongside the path with water to quench the thirst of the traveler. How many mercy vessels we got here that are standing outside quenching the thirst of travelers? Because the gospel is to reach and save the lost. Jesus said, I didn't come to heal what's already healed. I come to seek and save the lost. Another vessel is called, number three, the service vessel. Amen? The service vessel is a vessel that was used for many different things. Amen? Many different things. It was a, 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 a multicultural vessel. Let's say it that way. Used for anything. It was used to sweep. It was used to mop. It was you. Listen to what I'm saying. It was used to sweep. It was used to mop. It was used to vacuum. It was used to dust off the chairs here. It was used to come and open and lock the church. It was used to be armor bearers to the pastors. It was used... Who's a service vessel? Other vessels were vessels called a war vessel. There was the intercessor vessel. Amen? And there was the praise vessel. Amen? Now, as I was studying this, I don't see a clock. Okay, they go clock. Okay. As I was studying this, I was asking myself, I'm asking myself, now, that's a lot of vessels. <laughs> that's a lot of different vessels that they use for many different things, right? So I'm, I'm understanding how, did they, how do they make all these vessels, right? Those that ever took pottery classes and are into all that stuff, right? How many, who, who took pottery vessels here? No, nobody here? Oh, I got one right there. Those that are watching, I got another one in the back. I mean, I got three, I got three, I got four. How about about four? No. <laughs> right? There's a potter. There's a potter. Hmm. There's a potter that makes these vessels. Right? And of course, the potter has to have what? Clay. Not just any clay. Not just any clay. This clay is composed of two different kinds of soil. These two different kinds of soil make it difficult for the potter to work with it. Now, for those that know anything about horticultural or, 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 or dirt and everything else, let me give you a quick real uh, crash course on it. Because I'm an arborist. I'm a certified arborist. So I know about soils a little bit, right? Soils, the dirt, many may not know, have two things called macropores and micropores. Micropores and macropores are what, are, is what carries water and air in the soil. Right? Now, 
when those macropores or when those micropores are constantly being stomped, smashed, pressed down together, it causes for those pores to burst open and lose its water, lose its hair, thus creating a hard clump surface. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Is there anybody getting stomped, getting pressed down, getting shaken together? Huh? Is there anybody going through that process? Because there's something in you that has to come out. There's something. There's something in you that has to come out. Lighthouse Family Center, there's something in you that has to come out that this neighborhood needs, that families need, that children need, that the young people need. And if you don't want to get smashed, it ain't going to come out. Why? Because you're marked for purpose. It needs to come out. Somebody say, I'm pressed but not crushed. I'm persecuted but not abandoned. I'm pressed down but not destroyed. Hello, somebody. Don't be afraid to get smashed. (laughs) Don't be afraid to get stomped. It's for a purpose. What's in you got to come out. Because there's another young lady that needs what you got. Hello? There's another young man that needs what you got. Married couple. There's another married couple out there that needs what you got. They need what you got. So therefore, that stuff, that the micropores and macropores get stumped. And, and this clay becomes hard. Right. And because of the because of the different soils and because of the different things that the nutrients and all the different other things, fancy words that I can say right now, but I'm not going to say they come together to make the soil. But it makes it difficult for the potter to mold and shape. Hmm. So what does the potter do? What does the potter do? He uses water. And oil. (laughs) He uses water and oil. For what? I asked myself when I was for what? (laughs) He uses it to soften it. To soften it again. (sighs) He uses it to remove particles away from it that can ruin it. Mm. the oil is to what is to soften it and the water is to give it strength Hmm. Mm -mm -mm. marked for purpose amen the water here is representing Jesus. Because look, it says the water is what gives its strength to the clay. The water is what gives its strength to the clay. The potter uses water to strengthen it. The water is a representation of Jesus. Hebrews 12:1 says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us and run with endurance the race that is marked before us. 
Hello, someone. Hello, someone. Don't run from the process of maturity. Listen, don't run from the process of maturity. Don't run from the process of being strengthened. Don't run from the process of being um, cleansed. The oil represents the Holy Spirit. Mm. Because the oil is used to soften it. You can read that. Read Ephesians 3.16 later on. Amen? Let's continue real quickly. So now, after the potter gets its clay, after the potter gets the oil and the water, and he begins to purify the clay, he begins to soften the clay, he begins to clean the clay. <laughs> Amen? Right? After all this process, after all doing that, you would think that the potter is done. You would think that the potter, once he cleans him, once he washes everything away that can ruin it, it's done. It's ready to get put on the table and ready to get shaped and everything, right? You would think that. You would think. I would think that, man, God, you ain't done with me yet. <laughs> it's probably just me then. Can you hurt me anymore? Can you put me through any more process? Mm, Y'all ain't going to like the answer to that one. Right? It says here that after he does all this, the next process is what? It's called the oven process. Somebody look at each other that's here and say, the oven process. Those in the chat, put in the chat, the oven process. Y'all ain't going to like that one. The oven process. The oven process is where the vessel is taken to be shaped and hardened. Therefore, it makes it easier for the potter to walk to work his final process in the clay. Now, mind you, we have been we, we are talking about marked for purpose. I read a story about a man named Saul. That the scripture says in verse 15 that he is a marked vessel. Okay? Listen to me. In the oven process, there's three things that take place in the oven process. Amen? Are you ready? Number one, this is the, um, the first thing that takes place in the oven process. The broken vessel. You would think that, wait a minute, I thought he was putting it in there so that it can be hardened, right? So that it can be shaped. Well, yeah, he puts it in there, but it's still a raw piece of clay. And he puts it in the oven process, in the, in the, in the oven, and it's be, the first thing that happens is the broken vessel. What's this, what does that mean? It means that it wasn't ready to go into the oven. This means that the potter must then take it out Start all over again and smash the clay and reshape it again. Sometimes we want to get ahead of God. We want to get ahead of the process. We want to be microwave Christians. We just want to get popped in and popped out and we're ready to go. No, some of us are not ready. We're not ready. 
So what happens? The, the, the pot, the vessel, it gets broken in the oven process. And then when it, once it gets broken in the oven process, we want to blame God for being broken. Woo! And it ain't God's fault that you got broken. It's that you weren't ready to go in there yet. But you kept on asking God, I want to go. Hello? Now you would think that the, the potter would throw it away because it broke. The potter doesn't throw it away. The Bible says in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 18, verse 4, that the potter, it sees the vessel. It sees that it's broken. And he says, no, you know what? I can reuse this. I can reshape this. I can remold this. And he doesn't throw it away. Has anybody felt thrown away? Has anybody ever said, man, God threw me away? God abandoned me? God left me? God can't use me no more? I gon' made too many mistakes? I gon' fail too many times? I gon' burnt too many bridges? That's why I don't come to Lighthouse Family Center. That's why I don't show my face. That's why I don't want to participate. That's why I don't want to grow and mature into the believer that God is calling me to be because I've been broken too many times. I got some news for you. God does not throw away broken things. As a matter of fact, God specializes on fixing broken things. Somebody write in the chat, put me back in the oven. Hey, somebody say, put me back in the oven. I like to say that God is in the recycling business. I like to say that because God recycles what people throw away. Hey! And he makes beauty from ashes. You're marked for purpose, church. Lighthouse Family Center, you're marked for purpose. The second thing that happens in the oven process, the vessel is cracked. It's not broken, but it's cracked. What happens here? It means that areas where the potter has, there's, those are areas where the potter has to take additional time to work harder to fix it. Then he puts it back in in the oven to complete his process. See, some of us, we're not broken, we're just cracked. The third one is called the fortified vessel. The fortified vessel. This vessel has passed the process. Amen? This vessel has passed the process because it was what? It was ready. This vessel, this is the vessel that resisted the oven process. In other words, it was the vessel that stood where it needed to stand and go through what it needed to go through to com come out the way that it needed to come out. That's the fortified vessel. Amen? Three different vessels. The broken vessel, the cracked vessel, and the fortified vessel. God wants it. To me, that goes from glory to glory to glory. 
Hello. There's broken vessels and there's cracked vessels. And then there's fortified vessels. Everyone needs to get to the fortified vessel. Amen? Now, I'm going to end with this. We talked about being marked. We talked about vessels, different marks, different vessels, and the different uses of all these vessels, different marks, and how, can they, how they represent broken things, or it, or it can represent joyous things and stuff like that. Amen? And how we have to go through the process to become vessels that God has meant for us to be. There are many broken vessels. Many broken vessels. And because they're broken, it makes it hard for them to come through those doors. And I'm not talking about those that need Jesus. I'm talking about those that are part of this church. <laughs> There's cracked vessels. And there's fortified vessels. But there's one vessel I didn't mention. Because I mentioned the war vessel, the intercessory vessel. Right? All these, there's one vessel that I, say I left for last. And that is the special vessel. Amen? The special vessel. See, Acts chapter 9 verse 15 says that Ananias, God told Ananias, Go. For he is a chosen vessel of mine. To what? To bear his name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. Amen? The last process that the potter goes through with the vessels is this. After he fixed the broken vessel, after he strengthened the cracked vessel, and they all became fortified vessels. He takes it then out of the oven. Right? And then he begins to paint it. He begins to paint the vessel. He begins to give it designs and everything else. And then once he's complete, the potter steps back and looks at the vessel and says, Man, that's a beautiful thing. That's a gorgeous vessel. That is an awesome vessel. That's a special vessel. I just can't give that to anybody. I just can't let anybody come and purchase that. That has to be for a special buyer. So what the potter does is that he goes and writes his name on it. The potter writes his name on this vessel and then puts it on display. So that... He waits for the special buyer to come to purchase that special vessel that has his name. Hello. The Bible says that God told, Jesus told Ananias, go and pray for Saul because he is a chosen vessel to bear my name. Saul, before he went into his ministry, was three years in preparation. 
three years in preparation, you would think, well, wait a minute. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was a Sadducee of Sadducees. You know what? He was a zealous person for the law. He was the most educated person there. He studied under the guy. Uh, I don't know. I, I, it's hard for me to pronounce that guy's name. Gamaliel, something like that? that how do you say it? Amen. Gamaliel. <laughs> Amen. And he studied under him, one of the, the, the prestigious teachers during that time. You would think he was prepared already. You would think he was fortified already. You would think he was ready to go out and do what God had called him to do. Right? But no, God had to break him. Oh, God had to break him. God had to remold him. God had to reshape him. God had to break him down to build him up. To then write his name on him. Lighthouse Family Center. You have been through an oven process. A long oven process. Where God, you would think that oh, we're ready. Or, no, God had to re-break you. God had to re-fortify you. God had to fix, and God is still fixing, the cracks that are there, the brokenness that's there. So that what? So that you can bear his name and what? So that wherever you go, that's why Paul, see, I'm mindful. I got, I got to stay within the tape. <laughs> Jesus put his name on Paul. So that wherever Paul went, right, they knew he was marked by God. They knew he was marked because God separated him for a purpose. Because they knew him to be a certain way. But when they saw him again, he was a, he was a totally different vessel. But this time he had a different mark on him. He didn't have the mark of re religiosity. He didn't have the mark of zealousness. He didn't have the mark of wanting to persecute. He had the mark of the master to love, to build, to reach out, and to help people get saved and come to the gospel knowledge of Jesus Christ. Hello. So that wherever Paul went, they knew that was Jesus in that man. That he's bearing the name of Jesus. So that you can know that when people look at Lighthouse Family Center, they see the mark of Jesus. So that wherever you go, church, individually or together, so that whenever they see a young person from this church, whenever they see a young adult or a married couple, they're marked by Jesus. Because he is meant, they were meant. That's why the potter puts his name on the vessel. Because wherever he goes, he's going to carry the glory of that name. Wherever he goes, he's going to carry the beauty of that name. We are marked for purpose. Church, you and I are marked for purpose. You and I are marked for purpose. Hello. I spoke Thursday at my church about the rock that sustains us. 
And I mentioned that something that might be reoccurring within all the churches is a reflection of what happened in 2020. You'll see people reference it a lot. Oh, but in 2020 this happened. In 2020 this happened and that happened. And for some of us, 2020 has been horrible. It was horrible. Loss. Brokenness. Stress. Being cracked. Being stomped. Struggling. But I firmly believe that that was a shaking for the church. It was a shaking. Shake it. Get up out of the sleep that we're in. It was a shaking for believers. Shake up out of the fear that some of us are walking in as believers. There's one thing to walk in wisdom and there's another thing to walk in fear. Don't confuse the two. See, the church, the, the, the primitive church, were comfortable. They were comfortable until persecution came and shook them. Shook them to the point where they had to spread and had no, no choice but to spread the gospel that way. See, for 20, 2020, some of us, it was the year for your faith to show up. I'm glad that during that time, for me personally, God spoke to me. And he led me to start reading about the priestly garments. And he had me to understand that the priest and all that process there of the priestly garments, it, it was just done putting Jesus on. Because all of it represented Jesus. So it helped me to understand that during that time in 2020, I got to put Jesus on. If I'm going to make it through this, if I'm going to help my family through this, if I'm going to get my children through this, if I'm going to help my church through this, then I got to put on Jesus. Because if I don't put on Jesus, then I'll be led by emotion. I'll be led by feelings. I'll be led by fear. I'll be led by the news that wants to pump all this nonsense into us. We will walk in wisdom, but we will not walk in fear. You are the church of Christ. We, of all people, should be the one that should be the light on the hill right now. We should be the one shining that light. Never mind who's president. Never mind the political things that's going on. We are to shine the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. To let people know that there is hope. There is healing. There is salvation. And it is through Jesus Christ. That's the purpose why we're marked. To share that gospel of Jesus. Amen? Hmm.
So tell the Lord, put me back in the oven. Put me back in the oven. I'm broken, but put me back in the oven. I'm cracked, but put me back in the oven. I'm pressed, but put me back in the oven. I'm shaken, but, but put me back in the oven. I want to give up, but just put me back in the oven. Tell the Lord, put you back in the oven. Amen? It's going to take for us to be undone. Undone in his presence. So that we can become new. That is the process of the potter. Being undone from the things that we think are, are done in our lives. Come undone. Lighthouse Family Center. Come undone, leadership. Come undone, church members. Come undone and become new. So that everything can flow. You are marked for purpose. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you the praise, we give you the honor, we give you the glory. I pray for this church, Lord God. I pray that you would touch them, that you would strengthen this church. Those that are broken, fortify them. Those that are cracked, restrengthen them, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, those that are fortified, that you would help them to fortify others, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, so that they may bear the name that is above all names, and that is the name of Jesus Christ, so that they can be mercy vessels, so that they can be intercessory vessels, so that they can be water vessels, so that they can be holy vessels unto you, Lord God, unto this community, God, and unto one another, not just to the people but to be mercy vessels unto one another, to be holy vessels with one another, to be thirst, thirst vessels for one another, God, so they can grow in unity, so they can grow in maturity. God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, because your word says it, God, what good is it that we have all the gifts what good is it that we can quote scripture? What good is it if we can sing out of the top of our lungs and play music and, and preach and have theological discussions and all these different things? What good is it if we do not have love? The Bible says we're just a clashing cymbal making noise. But love how will they know that we are your disciples? By the love that they share for one another, God. When the church comes together, when the church grows, when the church comes together as the community of Christ, then, then you will add unto them, Lord God. Father, we give you praise. Bless the angels of this church, Lord God. Bless Pastor Vince and his family and his wife and his daughter, God, and his sons. God, in the name of Jesus, 
Bless them. Bless those, Lord God. Strengthen those that are working, that are working behind the scenes, that are working one-on-one with him, that are there, Lord God, building, that are there sacrificing, that are there giving of their time, giving of their finances, giving of their energy, Lord God. Those men, those women, those married couples, those young people, God, give them strength, Lord God, not to throw in the towel, but just to give a little bit more, to say, put me back in the oven Father in the name of Jesus I ask these things in your matchless name Lord God those that are watching as well Lord God touch them right there where they are at Lord God break them in your presence Lord God in Jesus name I ask these things in Jesus name in the name of the Father the Son and of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, church, for the opportunity to be with you, be here with you this morning. I pray that the Lord may have spoken to you as he's spoken to me, and that you would continue to grow together and go forward for his honor and his glory. Amen. You will have to have a second service. God's going to grow you. God's going to grow you. But it's going to take some growing pains. It's going to take for old school that are here to say, put me back in the oven. And it's going to take for the new school to say, well, teach me what you don't know. Teach me what I don't know so that I can help. Amen. God bless you guys. Amen.